Hashem, we are learning when we come to the Kuf Gimel. We left off on the Kuf base the base nine lines from the bottom of the Amid. The beginning of the second wide line. Quickly recapping, we are learning the following scenario. Where you have what the Gemara calls the Baal Hamais, the one who comes into a partnership with the capital, all the capital, with all the money. And you have his partner who we are calling a Shliach, the one who receives the money but will be doing the work. And here the Baal Hamais tells the Shliach that you go buy wheat. And their deal was that if they buy wheat and they sell the wheat later for a profit, they will split the profit in the middle. Or however they divided the division of the profit, if there is profit. If the Shliach deviates, he does not do what he was asked to do. And instead of buying wiki, buys barley. So we had on top of Kuf Beis, Amit Beis, two Braises. We're going to focus on the second Braise quoted. Says the second Braise that if there is profit, they divide the profit in middle. So we had Rabbi Yechanan that explained that the second Braise goes according to our Tana Rabbi Yehuda. In the Mishnah, we had a like Israel made in Rabbi Yehuda. If a person gives wool to a dyer, to dye it red and the dyer dyes it black. That mayor holds that a deviation is like a robbery, and if he's viewed as a robber, the rule of a robber is shinui kainam. So the dyer acquires the wool, he only has to get back to the bal hatsemer, the value of the wool as it was while it was given to him, before he deviated it. However, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees, Rabbi Yehuda holds that even when one deviates, they do not acquire it. So Rabbi Yechinon said that the second b'raisa goes according to Tanah Rabbi Yehuda, and even though the Shliach deviated, he did not acquire the money. And therefore, if the money turns out to profit, the profit goes to both. The Baal HaMois remains involved in this transaction. And Achanami, if there is a loss, since he deviated, we penalize him. It's a knas, that he is the one, the Shliach is the one that absorbs all the loss. That is how Rabbi Yechinon explained the second b'raisa. And the Gemara said that Mohaku Alei the Benei By the way, in Sanhedrin we know Sanhedrin Yud Zayin that Rabbi Yosi ben Abchanino is the Benei Marav. Good to remember these things. But let's call him the Benei Marav disagrees with Rabbi Yechon. and they say the following: that when a seller is selling in our case wheat, and he doesn't know that the Shliach doesn't own the money, that there's really a Bal Hamos. So Abade, as long as the Shliach is doing what he was instructed to do, being that he's a Shliach and Shluchesh, Lodam Kamoisai, so the Baal Hamois is part of the transaction. It's going to be sold to the Baal Hamois, whether the seller knows it or not, because the Shliach is only an extension of the Baal Hamois. But in our case, how can you Rabbi Yechanan explain the Braisa the way we just explained it? The moment the Shliach deviates, even Rabbi Yehuda, he's not a robber and he does not acquire it. So the money belongs to the Baal Hamois. The seller doesn't know that there is a Baal Hamois. He's not intending to sell it to him. And therefore it will not belong to the Baal Hamois. So therefore the Bnei Marav needed to learn the second Baal Hamois, the way that wasn't learned it, that Bakhlal deviating, when it comes to business, this is not called a deviation. So that's, that was what we learned yesterday. So bottom line is we have a machlekes between Abiyechanon and between the Bnei Marav. In a case where a shliach holding on to someone else's money doesn't do exactly what he was told, and the seller doesn't know that there is a Baal Hamois, will it belong to the Baal Hamois or not? Obviously, Rabbi Yechner holds, we don't care what the seller has in mind. When the seller sells an article, he is giving it to whoever the money belongs to. 
That is the Kabbalah. The Bnei Manova say no. He needs to know who the Balamois is. And if he doesn't know, it will not go to the Balamois. So continuing with this Machlechen is, again, Dav Tzadik, Dav Kuf, based on the base, in the second white line. If you learn, you become an Abana. What does it say in the Hashem? Alamdin is not the one who knows how to learn. Alamdin is the one that learns. So, If one buys a field in the name of his fellow, this will be explained in a moment. We don't force him to sell it. Who is the him? They explain in a moment. However, the him, Amar Lui, but if he told him, Baita, who is the he, who is the him? We'll see in a moment. Almanaz, ah, the condition that you sell it, then Kaifanai Salukai. As Abanai said, it's like a medrash to him. So ask the Gemara Micah Amar. Comes along in Abshashas and he says the following. We're going to learn the Gemara the way the Shita learns it. If a person buys a field from his fellow, so I buy a field from you, but as Rashi says, I am afraid of Asikin. I am afraid of bullies that will, some, for some reason, go against this transaction. So how am I getting away from the Asikin? I'm telling, I'm buying it, I'm not writing it in my name. I'm writing it, I'm buying it on behalf of the Rejusa. The Rejulusa and Bubble, the Goyesh government, allowed us, the Jewish people, to rule over ourselves. And so to say, the head of the Jewish government was the most powerful Jew. No one started up with the Rejulusa. So I wrote the field on the name of the Rejulusa. I intended to buy the field from me, but I wrote the document that it belongs to that no one is going to start up with him, no one is going to bother But sooner or later, I want a document that says that that field belongs to me. So that's the question. So if I wrote, if I bought a, a field for my friend, and I wrote it on the name of the Reish Galusal, we don't force the Reish Galusal meaning, even though it really belongs to me, but since on the document it says it belongs to him, we cannot force the Reish Galusal to write another document that he's giving it to me. We'll see soon why. However, the Imam al-Man but if when I bought the field, I made such a condition, we'll see with whom. But I'm buying it on his name, but really it's mine. And later I want a document writing it on my name, then we do force the Rishkulusa to sell it over to me, meaning to write a document that it's mine. That's the way that Abshashim explains the Raisa. A lot more in a moment. So Amar Mahal says, the Gemara recording, now this Raisa, the way that Abshashim explained it, if I buy a field, then I really am buying it for me. And the money is my money. But I'm telling the seller, it's really Reish Galusa. Ein koif an oisay, Reish Galusa limkoyer. We don't force the Reish Galusa to write a document that it's mine. Which implies, mechlal de mikla kanyalei, that really it belongs to me. The only thing is, it's not documented in my name. Now, says the Gemara, ah, if that's the way you learn the Braisa, this Braisa is a refutation of the Bnei Marav. And if the Bnei Arava goes on a tano, at least this Braisa doesn't go according to the sheet of the Reish Think about it. Because the seller thought that the money belongs to the Reish Vaharai, he wrote it on the name of the Reish According to the Bnei Arava, when the money is, when the, someone sells an article, so if the Shlich is acting on behalf of the Balamois, there's no issue. But the moment he's not really his Shliach, 
then the intent of the seller is key. If the seller intended to sell it to the Reish Lulusa, which is what he was told, which is what he wrote the document, then how did I acquire it? And the way we're learning Pshat and Nebraisa, where the is, is that it, it really does belong to me. You just don't force the Reish Lulusa to write such a document. Who notified the seller that really there is a balamois? The seller needs to intend to sell it to the one who owns the money. And here it appears that the seller sold it in his mind to the Rejkalusa, even though the buyer is the balamois, and the, and the seller didn't know it, it does go to the buyer. The seller knows exactly who the seller No, it's not. That's the way we think the The seller doesn't know anything. The seller doesn't know anything. And it's really not true. So the seller thinks he's selling it to the Reish Galusa. The B'nai Marava says when you sell an article, the seller needs to know who's buying it. Why would you sell it? Because, because there were a bit work. Because this, people are going to arrest the seller. Why did you sell it to Chaim Yanko? Sell it to us. The moment they hear, no, I sold it to the Reish Galusa, they'll let him be. So says the Gemara, you should move like Asher. That's not a, that doesn't go against the B'nai Marava. Because, then, who says, even according to Reish Lakish, that the buyer didn't notify the seller the real truth? He notified the seller the real truth. Really, I'm buying it for me. I don't want people to bother you. I don't want Tassikan to bother me. We're right such a dark. And not only that, more than that, whole discussion here, why is that important? But more everyone knows. The seller knows, the witnesses know. So he was writing all the documents. And that's the chitish that if he didn't tell them to write it, then you can't write it. So the more asked, tell him to say, it says in the Bible that if Al-Mitnas Koyfin Oysel Limkoyim Amai Even if he tells the seller the truth the way that Pshashish is learning even like I'm, you know, really it's for me I'm writing the Neish but if he tells the seller Al-Mitnas later the Neish writes me a document who is the seller to agree or to disagree about something that someone else will do that doesn't make sense the name of Reish Galusa, the Reish Galusa should tell all parties involved. You know something, you're using me to circumvent yourselves from Asikin. Well, on one hand, it's giving me a compliment. You're basically saying that no one starts off with me. I don't need your honor. I don't need the degradation. You should know it's Kabbalah. When people own real estate and they sell it, it's degrading for them. Because if people will not need money, the way we think, never sell real estate. So the Reish Galusa is going to be known that he sold the field. No one is going to know that really it never belonged to him. Reish Galusa doesn't want for a document to be written where such a field is going from the Reish Galusa's estate to any other person's estate. El and Abayus Abayus says because of these questions, the Pshat and the Brais is different, and therefore it has nothing to do with the Machlekes of Rabbi Yechanan and the Reish Galusa. Why is Pshat and the Brais? It must be that the Yeshulusa was in the loop. Again, the same thing. Someone, I'm buying a field, but because of a second, I'm writing the document, Ki'ilu, the buyer is the Yeshulusa. That could give him. Being that we never consulted with the Yeshulusa, 
It's never fair to demand of him to do anything. Question is whether I, the buyer, can tell the seller at a later, later date after the Asikin got the misinformation that the Rishkalusa bought it so they went away, then I go back to the seller and tell seller, now write me the real document. I want to have a document that it's mine. Now what's the issue there? It's going to give to the seller an appearance that he's a uh, communist. Because if you write, if there's a document of sale that you sold the field to Ruven, two weeks later you sold the same field to Shimon. Hey, you sold it already. If you write two documents on the same field, it looks like you're a thief. So I cannot force the seller to write for me the document again. However, but if I, I told the seller I need that second document, and he agreed, oh, I made the deal with the Baldover, then this is a common practice. Nobody's going to really think that you No, no, it wasn't such a common practice. Not, not, everyone, not, everyone, not everyone agreed to this so quick. Here, the Gemara has another problem with Abai's interpretation. Now, by the way, there's no issue with Chalos. So, Omar Mar, it's a line from the top. Halakir said, Mishem Chaveri, Eim Koyfen, Samachalim Koyfen. We don't force the seller to write another document, says Mabshita. Of course you don't force him to write another document. Like I said, it's going to give the seller a horrible name. Think about it. How does it look? People know about documents. A documents have a coil. That's why if, you know, if a loan is documented, you can uh, get payment even from the Lukuchas. You sold your house. Everyone knows your house. You sell it to me. The Mitamol is two weeks later, another document, you sold it to him. So, wow, the table, one might have thought, says, the Gemara and the Chidush that Matzi Omar lay that the buyer can tell the seller that Meida Yodat the Anol and Avshoi Shokilim. You knew I'm really buying it for me. You knew that I told you to write it in the name of the Reish Galusa. Simply Upanchayim Baalmuhu Dikibalina. Rashi says Panchayim means Lashon Chayzik. I needed to come in here strong because everyone was going to harass you and me. So we, I only did it to get rid of the Azikin. And you know that the Zuzi I would not waste money for nothing. I'm giving you money to buy a field for me to write this sale on him. Hello, you knew it. It should have been a given that I died to the cousin Lishtara Akhrino, that I wanted you to write for me another document. One might have thought so. Kumash Mulan. The that the that the seller can tell the buyer, yeah, I know you're not gonna throw the money away in vain. But I didn't expect for you to want for me, the seller, to write a second document. I was sure that you spoke it through with Tereish Galusa. And I was sure that you made up with Tereish Galusa that he should give you another document. That in Yana, Opiloch Ba'adi Havu, this Bishwe. I thought you made up Sanenya and you made a deal with the one in whose name you're writing the document, with Tereish Galusa. And he not me. Okay, so it's a chiddush, but still the gemara is not happy. Right, tenth line from the top. So if he tells the seller, but write it on the reish galusa, it's really mine. In a month from now, you, the seller, are writing for me another document. Then he has to do it. Click this make a link card here. Pshita. Of course, that's what they made. If that was the deal, so the gemara and then you know just qualifies a little bit more loyal. It's not exactly that the buyer told the seller explicitly, you are writing the document now, the Reish Galusa, it's not his, it's mine, and you will write for me later on me. That's not the case. He never told it to the seller explicitly. What happened? That the Amalul Sa'adi, that when the buyer bought it, he told the witnesses 
But he told the witnesses, Kamehide, in front of the seller. He didn't speak to the seller. He's not a good communicator. But he told the witnesses that Hazu, I want you to know that the Shalachlina I will demand another document. I'm just writing it on someone else's name, but it's really mine. So Mao the table here you would think that Masi Amalay, that the seller can tell the buyer, you told the witnesses that you want another document. I never thought you wanted from me. Same thing. I thought you wanted from the Rezgalusa. I thought you meant to tell the witnesses you want a document from the Rezgalusa. So here is the Chiddush Kamash Mulan, the Amalay, that the buyer tells the seller, I told that to the witnesses in front of you. Why did I say it in front of you? Because I want it from you. I said it in front of you. No. Okay, good. Now, let's go back to the Machlekes again between the Bnei Marov and Abich. It's Kabbalah Kekansi. When you have a Balamois and a Shliach, and there's a seller selling something to the Shliach, but the Shliach is not using his own money, and, and the seller doesn't know that, he thinks, the seller thinks he's doing a deal with the guy who's coming with the money, or with an article. But really, it belongs to a third party. So, according to the Bnei Marava, the intent of the seller is key. The seller needs to know to whom he's selling or to whom he's transacting. So now, says the the following story: There was someone. There was a flax merchant, and Avkahana gave money to the flax merchant. The halavina of the Gemara is that the flax merchant already has that commodity and Afghana who gave him money we keep on learning this, we're learning this a lot recently whether it is Midin Torah, whether it is Midin Abanam on the Kaltalin, Catholic does not affect the Kenyan a Kenyan is affected when you are Moishek, when you draw near, when you live when you take hold of the article that you're buying the Havamin was that Afghana made a Kenyan with the flax he just didn't take it to his house yet. So Rav Kahana gave money to a flax merchant, again, who had the flax, Rav Kahana made the Kenyan. He told the flax merchant, keep it in your house. Now, before Rav Kahana collected it, that flax, the Havana, became more valuable. And the flax merchant wanting to do a favor to Rav Kahana. Oh, this is the Havana. He had good intentions. He says, you know what, Rav Kahana doesn't need the flax. He did it for business. Let me sell the flax on his behalf, which he did. And he sold Zavne Marvase de Kitana. The original owner of the flax sold the flax to a third party. So let's say that Kahana gave, gave him four Zeus, and he sold it for eight Zeus. And then the seller of the flax, the flax merchant, came to Kahana with the eight Zeus. Sounds like a great story. With no commissions. Kahana didn't know if he's allowed to take the money. Here's the problem. So it also like I made the Rav Kahana comes in front of Rav and Amalani asks him, Moed, what should I do? Ezel the Ishul Zuzoi? Can I take the money? What is the issue, Heather? Rivis. He gave him four Zuz. He's getting back eight Zuz. It looks like Rivis. Mexican Rivis. Oh. So Amalai, so Rav tells Rav Kahana like this. He if when the seller sold the flax, Omri, he told the new buyer that I want you to know that this flax belongs to Rav Kahana. Rav was speaking to Rav Kahana, so Rav didn't need to use the word Rav. If he told him that the Kahana who, 
So the seller knew he's not buying the flags from the flag merchant. These flags already belongs. So he gave the money to Rav Kahana. Then it's no school, you can take the money. There's no mechzik in it. But the Eloi, but if the seller of the flags, that's selling it now for the second time. Even though he was honest, he was doing a favor to that guy. If he didn't say it to the new buyer, like Yishko, don't take it. So says the Gemara, based on this understanding, Keman, this has to be only like the name of Because according to the name of again, when a seller is doing a transaction with a shliach, with someone who doesn't really own, here it's not money, here it's the flax. The intent of the seller is needed so it makes sense to say that if the, if the buyer, second buyer, didn't know that he's buying it from Afghana, he thought he's buying flax from the flax merchant. So the king of the money didn't go to Afghana. The money really goes now to the flax merchant. So now that the flax merchant who got four is giving him eight, it, look, it looks like this. But according to Nabiyechnan, yes, according to Nabiyechnan, even though the flax, that's the Hanami, belong to Afghana, since the new buyer didn't know that, according to that, and according to that, it doesn't matter what he has in mind, so therefore it is no enough to give it. That's the habit. It's a really issue. So let's say the Bishri Rana holds the Because the Bishri are the ones that say the Ami, Mi hoi diyo il balchit mishiak nechit o balamot. Says the Gemara right away, not nisht. Otu mi yoav rav kahana abu mishakutani. The Gemara is saying that you, you didn't know the story correctly. The way we describe the story, that Rafkahana went and he actually made a Kenyan on the flags, that did not happen. First of all, about the, what didn't happen was that Rafkahana gave him four without mentioning anything and then he gave back eight. That's not Mexican it is, that's Mamashiris. That's not what happened. Now let's go further. So Elamai, you're telling me that he didn't stop giving him money. He gave him money and he bought flags. If Rav Kahana actually made a Kenyan on the flax, who gave that flax merchant the rights to sell it? It's not his. And if he sold it without permission, what is he called? A gazel. What's the rule by a gazel? What do we learn in our Mishnah? That the moment the robber robs, he owes to the owner that article or the value of that article while he robbed it. So if he sold it, when it went up to eight, since he's a goslin, even according to the Bnei Marava, even if the new buyer would not have known it belongs to Rafkahano, Rafkahano should take the Eizus. Because he's not taking it from the buyer. He's taking it from the flax merchant, while Lachakli is a robber. This is fantastic. It's a knas, no? No, it's not a knas. You robbed, so that now you have to give back the, 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 the value if you don't have the article itself, he doesn't have it anymore. He sold it. So it doesn't matter, even if you go according to the name of that the seller has to know to whom he's selling, he has nothing to do with this. He's a gazna. It will make some gazna, and the time we learn in our Mishnah, that a call on gazna, and we shall like Zayla. So, Lukula Alma of Kahana should have been allowed to take the angels. So it must be we're speaking about another scenario, and let's speak it out by heart, and this is common. We need this from let's see. This flax merchant didn't have flax in his possession. Real Jewish business. You know, you sell something before you have it. Selling a boat of sugar. First you sell it, then you go buy it. Now, hold on. Hold on a second. So, there's something called Amman. Amman means that there's a trust. So, this flax merchant is in the business. 
I go over to the flax merchant, and Afghanistan goes over to the flax merchant, and he asks him, I want to buy a price a pound of flax. Now, Rashi already brings from Bava Metzina. If the price market of that season of the flax, the market value did not go out yet, there's issues of the as we'll explain in a moment. But in the case where right now flax is available and there's already a set price in the market, the rule generally with commodities was that earlier on in the season, when flax is harvested, because there is a lot of flax, the price is cheaper. Normally at the end of the season, when there's a lot less flax available, the prices went up. So Afghanistan didn't need flax today. So, but he had cash. So he went over to the flax merchant and he gave him four zoos for a pound of flax. The flax merchant is allowed to make that agreement with him without getting into his troubles because now if the flax merchant would have wanted, he can take the four zoos now and buy it now. Now each one... I'm giving you today how much is a pound four zoos? Take four zoos, I'll pick it up later. So what does Rafkahana benefit? He doesn't need the money. It's time to have the money in the bank account. He's fine, he'll need the flax in two months. In two months, flax will be worth double. So Rafkahana is happy to give him the money up front because he's getting it for a cheaper amount of money. Why does the flax merchant agree to it? Because the flax merchant, like most of us, doesn't have cash flow. So he gets to take four zoos, and he gets to today with the four zoos, he only has to pay it back later. Now when he's paying back later, he's giving him something which has the value of Jesus. That might look like ribbons. So Rav holds like this. If he's going to take the four zoos, even after the shot went out, he can give back Jesus to him later. Mexican ribbons. But as long as he later gives him back the flax itself, there is no Mexican ribbons problem. So now let's read it inside. That says the Gemara Amri, they explain the whole, the whole story is different. That Hassan over there, Amonna Havai. Rafkahana gave him the money on trust when the market price came out. And Bolimashri Rafkahana Likitara, there was no, the seller didn't have the flax yet. So Rafkahana did not make a kingdom. So the whole question of if the seller, if the flax owner sold it, he's a god, no, 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 he didn't even have the flax yet. Rafkahana didn't own it yet. And without the time, and now we understand what Raf told Raf Kahanam. Raf told him that Oisamamana would pay this, that you are allowed to make such a trust agreement as long as the flax owner is going to give back to Raf Kahanam flax. But the flax merchant is not allowed to give him back Amana, the Dhamma, because Mexican is. Now let's see what happened. What happened? So two months went on. Raf Kahanam bought flax. The flax that he bought later was supposed to be given to whom? To Rav Kahana. How much was it worth then? Eight. Eight. According to Rav, he can give him back the flax. But this merchant, now comes the same story. This merchant knew Rav Kahana doesn't need the flax. Rav Kahana did it for business. And now the, this, this person found another buyer. And he was going to give him eight. And he sold it to him. Now he wants to give the eight to Rav Kahana. Rav holds Mexican Ibis. So Rav made a leniency. And Rav says that if this flax merchant who sold it to a third party for eight told the third party this flax belongs to Rav Kahana. Even Rav says there's no Mexican Ibis. Because that person understood he's not buying the flax from the merchant. He's buying it from Rav Kahana. Here he is allowed to give Rav Kahana the eight zoos. A leniency. But if he didn't tell it to him, then Rav stands with his words that you can do a moment, but you can only do it when you buy it initially there has to be that commodity available in the market. If not, it's Mamash Mechzeke 
And then, nevertheless, he gave him the four. If he didn't notify this, the next buyer, then he's not allowed to give Rafkahana the Eud. The Rafkahana cannot accept the Eud. So this is beautiful. Let's move on. Next mission. Says the mission. Now, this mission is based Let's go back to the way. This mission is based on a Pasha Mayikra, Pasha Mamibam, speaking about a person who has, who's keeping money illegal. Whether it is he stole the money, whether it is he's withholding wages of a worker, whether it is he found the Metziah and he's not returning it when he knows who the owner is and other examples that the Torah explicitly gives. And this person not only is a Gazan, but he takes an oath saying that this money is mine, not whoever it really belongs to. Then this person does tshuva. He admits, I swore falsely. So the Torah says that when a Gazan takes an oath and then does tshuva, he not only has to give back that decadent to the rightful owner, but the Torah gives him a knas for a kapara that he has to add chamishi soy. In the other place it says chamishi soy. For Allah, he has to add a fifth, and he has to bring a carbon asham for taking a false oath. And again, just to make it clear that the fifth, that these percentages that the Torah speaks about as a rule means milabar. So for example, if the money that he withheld or the money that he stole or robbed was a hundred, even though when we say a fifth on a hundred, you think number 20, it's 25. Because you add the knas, and then after you added it, then you look at it, how much does that addition represent from the total after it was added. So if you add 25 to 100, you have 125. How much is 25 from 125? 25% a fifth. I'm sorry, 20% a fifth. Good. So now, if a person robs from his friend, and the amount is Shavafruta, and he took an oath, says Toysvis, second to last Toysvis on the bottom, I want you to know that by Moedah the Nixas, you know what Basin will demand an oath when the claimant is saying you stole two cases. And the person admitted, I only owe you a fruta, but the rest he's withholding. No, it's for Basin to demand someone to take an oath by Yisela. How would that happen? Normally, if the issue is only one fruta, they won't demand an oath. So that's the that this halacha goes even if Basin did not demand an oath. The Gazlin trying to show everyone that he's honest, on his own took an oath. Same Allah has applied. The moment you swear falsely to withhold money from its rightful owner, that's the din in the Torah. That if you admit, you gotta return the Kevin, you gotta add a Chaynish, and you have to bring a card. And now, Kevin, like this. When a person stam robs, stam and we keep on learning the sugya that says, you have to return it. No shino, you gotta return the thing itself. What does returning mean, as we're seeing in the sugya, right? If Reuben is the thief, Reuben is the robber, Reuben notifies Shimon, Shimon, the hundred dollars, I stole it, it's in my house. Pick it up whenever you want. That is enough of returning it. However, here, where the person took an oath, they have to physically give it back to them. Now what happens if the victim is in, the example is in Madai, is in a faraway country. The amount of money he has to give back is a fruta. The trip to Madai costs $1,000. Spend $1,000 because you did not return it until your mamish returned it. And more than that, you only get the atonement, which means you can only bring the carbon after the victim has the money. Says the Mishnah, the thief, the one who swore falsely, has to actually deliver it, go after him, 
and the Bach adds the words, Afilo, uh, if the victim now is a Madai, and Afilo, if going there costs a lot more money than the Gezel itself, and if you don't do it, you don't get a Kapara. And the Lezel, don't give it to a son. Now, obviously, if you gave it to a son, and the son did give it to the father, then, then it's returned. But if you give it to the son, and an oinus happens, you did not return it yet. Don't give it to his shriach. Now, we'll see it there in God willing tomorrow. One second. The, the thief, for sure, is sending it by the thief's shliach. That's nothing. Shliach la'ilach. If the victim sends the shliach, then we don't always say it's not considered returned. There are times that if the victim sends a real shliach like Abala, then the shliach's hand is the hand of the victim. So more of that, God willing, and next up. However, we'll see in the Gemara that Bezin made a takana. This is part of the takana sashavim. How will a person ever do tshuva if they know that they're going to have to go to Madai? Okay, I stole a fruta. Terrible thing, and I took an oath. Terrible thing. I want to do tshuva. So I'm going to have to spend a thousand dollars to return it. I won't do tshuva. So they allowed the, the Gazlan who swore to give it to Beisdin, and that's considered return. And then they can give the Chaymish, and then they can bring the Chaymish. Furthermore, says the mission of the inmates, if the victim died, so the obligation that the Torah says, that the Gazlan, that the one who swore falsely, the words of the Parsha is, to whom it belongs, you have to give it. If the victim died, you have to give it to his halachic heirs. And even if the Yarshim are Madai, go kick the mother. Now, this din that you have to return, and until you return it to the victim, you can't even bring the carbon, is only regarding the Kevin, not regarding the Chaymish. You have to return the Chaymish. But if you only return the Kevin and you didn't yet return the Chaymish, you can bring the carbon Yarshim. Then, then give the Chaymish. Says the Mishnah. That not so yes, I can. And if the Kevin was resolved, but the chaymish was not given. Or if the victim is Michael, it's as if he got it. He only forgave the canon, but did not to give the penalty of the chaymish, so the canon is returned. Or he forgave both. He didn't forgive half a foot of the canon. So even though the guy swore on a shalafruta or more, and the obligation to return it was how here the person forgave but he didn't fully forgive it you might have seen you might have thought he didn't start out with the half of fruta started out with the fruta you got to give the half of fruta back says the mishnah you don't have to go after him however if the opposite happened the chaymish was given the kevin wasn't given or if the victim forgave the chaymish or, but he didn't forgive the Kerem, right three lines from the bottom, or but if he forgave everything aside of the fruit of the Kerem, so the Chaymish was forgiven. Most of the Kerem was forgiven, but there's still a debt of the Kerem in the mouth of the fruit or more. Then, you don't have Kapod until he receives it. If he returns the Kerem, and now we're saying that you, don't have to give the Chaymish to get your kapara. And now this person, for whatever reason, is Azagi. He's addicted. He owes the Chaymish. Let's give him the $100. The guy takes $100, swears, I don't owe you the $100. Yes, I owe you the $100. So now I owe you $125. I gave you back the 100 This 25 is not essential for the atonement. 
but the guy wants the $25. And now, this person swears, I don't owe you the 25 And then he admits, no, I did owe you, and I swore falsely. That transformed the 25 into the ketamine. Because now he has to give him back the 25 plus a chaymish on the 25 per se. And now the, the rules that Krishna gave in the, in the Reisha goes now to the ketamine, goes now to the chaymish. The chaymish becomes the new ketamine. And on top of that, he owes them a penalty of the chaymish. So for the chaymish itself, which is now the canon, you have to give it back to the sands. For the chaymish on the chaymish, you're going to have to give it back. And this goes on. And then when it comes to the chaymish of the chaymish, if he swears again, then he does tshuva. Then again, the chaymish of the chaymish becomes the canon. This goes until when the chaymish itself is not worth a fruit. The original chaymish becomes the new canon. And on the new canon, you have to give it to mother. It's only on the chaymish of the chaymish now. Actually, it's my takenimish of the Until this person who is sick, Nebuch, he keeps on doing it. The moment the chaymish itself is worth less than a pruta, then the whole din of kenim chaymish end. And the carbon does not apply. And the chaym says the Mishnah that this is it about the It's about the carbon being less than a pruta. Yes, sir. Very good. Now, the clarifies the Mishnah. The example the Mishnah gave was Gazla. But as we spoke out, both in Bayikra and in Nosei, Parshas Nosei, the Torah doesn't only speak about a Gazelle. Same thing by Yom If he denied it with an oath, that's the key. He's, I'm a Shriner. You trusted me. And when you came to collect, he says, this is yours, this is mine. And I swear, God forbid, and then I do true. And as it says in the Pasuk, he's quoting from Vayikra, Oyvipikadam, means a loan, you lent me money, and I deny that you lent it to me, and I swear, robbery, means I defrauded you, that's speaking about Strashi says in Kumash, a hire told a worker, work for me and I owe you for the day $100. And it comes to collect his payment, he says, I never hired you. Defrauding a worker. Or if he found an Aveda and the Arsimon and he knows who the owner is and he's not giving it back in all these cases, if the trader says the Kikhishba if he denied it, and the Nishba Allah Shekel, and he's Mushalim Kerem Khamishal. Now we're starting to make him all the Kigamada. Says the Gemara Arvish that clearly said, beginning of the first case of Gazela, that he stole and he swore. What does that imply? Nishbaloyim. When does he have to go even to Madai? Even if going to Madai costs more money than the Kerem, that's only if he swore. Baloy Nishbaloy, as we spoke out of the Mishnah, not in a Shmur. Like I said, the Haitian was like Zela. If a person stole and they have to return it, they don't have to go to Madai. We didn't tell you They can tell the victim, okay, I stole it from you, and it's in my house, pick it up whenever you want. <laughs> yeah? Says the Gemara, how can you say that? If that would be the opinion of Arkana, then Arkana is not like an Aftar for not like a Bakiba. So we're going to learn about Khalid Aftar and Bakiba. It's going to appear like it's none of them. We're going to try to reconcile the Mishnah with Raptar. We're going to try to reconcile the Mishnah with Rabakiba. And God willing, if we'll get through today, at the end, we'll make our Mishnah go according to everyone. So let's help up. It's a very easy on the timing. Gozo Echad Mechamish. The case of an attack from Rabbi Kiva is if someone stole money from one of the five people that were around him. And the Enyedeya, and the Gazan does not know what is the Bach'el, May with a man, May is a man, which one he stole it from. Mm. Not a case of a Shwar. He stole, he wants to do the Vahishir, he doesn't know to whom. So, Bechalach to make things worse, each one of the five are saying, I see Gazan, I'm the victim. 
says that Abtam from Maniyah Kazel Ubedeim Mestalot puts the money in front of them. Really, the Rishonim say in front of Beizdin, find a chaperah. Gives it to Beizdin. He tells Beizdin, I'm fulfilling my obligation. I don't know who I stole it from. It's returned. These are the words of Abtam. You don't say called Al Gbar. You give it to Beizdin, and now no one is going to get it. Beizdin doesn't know who to give it to. My grandfather asked always in all of these cases that Beizdin has money. Where's that money today? For thousands of years, money has been given to Beizdin. Actually, Anyway, the says that yeah, This is not the way for this godwin to get out of the sin. That's not called return. You want to return it? You got to give to every single one. It's costing you five times the price. Don't steal. So says our Gemara now, hold on, money, who is author of our mission? If it's Raptarfin, according to Raptarfin, since the Bryson, the Bryson didn't speak about the case of an oath. But the Gemara in the Adamin is asking that Raptarfin make a statement, you know, that don't, don't limit the statement, giving it back to the basin is enough. That Afogad the Ishtaba al-Khuram, in the case, even if he would have sworn, in the case of the Bryson, I swore that I didn't steal from any of you. Then I'm waiting that I stole it from one of you. That Omar Maniyak is able to be able to You can give it to Basin. Good, good, that's enough. So it's not up time. Because I'm just saying now that if you swore, you have to go back to mother. So our blessings are about Kiva. I forgot the way you stop them. Even where there wasn't an oath, you have to give back to each one. So in our case, that the guy, the victim is in Madai. Same thing, you know, it's costing you five times the amount to do chua. So what if the ticket to Madai costs five times the fruit? And there, even if you didn't swear, which would mean you have to go back to Madai. Our Mishnah only taught it in that you have to Madai only by Yeshua. So who's the author of our Mishnah? So the first answer of the Gemara is, well, I'm And I'm going to tell you, where did Ramakiva give this Chorah? Only in the case where he swore. If he didn't swear, then you don't have to give five. That's why in our Mishnah, if not of the Shua, you wouldn't have to go after the mother. But if you, if you swore, there's a greater sin. More is needed for the mother. And for that, Rabbi Kiva holds you have to give five, or you have to go to mother, and that's the Shita of our Mishnah. And my comment, what's the Machlikas, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Tarfan, contingent upon? If we are to understand that they are only arguing in the case of
But in the case of the Braiso, even after Takhanas Hashavim, he cannot give it to Beza. Because in the case of our Mishnah, you know who it belongs to. Beza knows they have to give it, they're holding it in trust until that person comes back from other. But when you stole it from five people, you don't know for whom you stole it. The Kamahadalai, in our Mishnah, the Kamahadalai Omer Lamari. You're giving it back to the owners who Beza. However, Gazel Echel Mechanisha. But in the case, Apple, the Bachet, when you steal it from five, you're going to leave it in Basin exactly. What does Basin do? Basin doesn't know what to do. So if I keep a hold, and you got to pay five brutas. You stole five, a brutas from one, five people pay five. You are wrong. Why? It says in another place, they don't argue in a case where someone bought an article from five people. any of them is in Lakach. doesn't know from whom he bought it from. That everyone agrees in such a case, when he has the name Ekech, Benayim, Mestalik. Not a Ghana. He bought something, he doesn't know whom to pay. There were five vendors. That for sure he can give the money to Bezin and he can go away. Where do they argue that he stole Echad Mechamish Benayim? He stole something from five people. The any of them is in Gaza. He doesn't know from whom he stole it. In such a case, Yaftarkin says, when you have to make Zelo Benayim on the Stalik, second white line, and Abakiv is the one that says, in the Takono, Achri Shalom Gazelo, Kalachaliyah. Says the Gemara now, hold on a second. The East Al Kataita, that the Ishtaban, if you're telling me that they only argue in a case, we're an oath mistaken. So if the Brais is recording this also in the case of someone who purchased something, if they only argue in a case of an oath, it must be that even by the case of a purchaser, he purchased something, but initially he denied Bechal that he purchased it. And he took an oath. If that is the case, why would Rabbi Kiva and Abtafan agree? That's Mamash a case of a person stealing, even though they purchased it, but if they denied it with an oath, and then their mind it should be the same. Mali Lakash, Mali Gazel. But Aydin, furthermore, Masa Benova, another place. Maitha Bechazel, that happened with the Chazel. Shalakash, Mishneh Benei Adam, that he bought something, he doesn't know from which of the two. You go today to an outdoor market, everyone is selling the same chachas. And you bought it, and you don't know who to pay. So the chassid came to Raftarim. And Raftarim tells him, They put the money of the article in front of them, in front of Mason, and the Hispanic, and you're good to go. And then the same chassid wasn't happy with that leniency. He didn't change the rough to find the kulak. He changed the rough to find the kulak. He went in front of Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva like told him, If you're telling me that Rabbi Akiva only says his opinion that we penalize him when there was a false oath, a chassid will take a false oath. So what are you going to answer? That when he took it, he wasn't a chassid yet. Then he did you when he became a chassid. First he swore falsely. And then he did tshuva, not stama bal tshuva, he became a chassidish bal tshuva. And now we went to find out what happened. Well, the rabbi chassid, it can be. Why? The ha, another good rule to remember that call echad dominin maizem chassid echad. Gavin, we just had the mind. Remember the chassid a few days ago that he got sick and he tied the behemadaka to the feet of his bed because they told him that you can only get better if you drink goat's milk. And he kept it for more than 30 days, and you know, it was not viewed favorably. Whenever you hear in the Gemara Chassid, it's either Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba or Rabbi Yehuda ben Rabbi Loi. The Gemara says Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba and Rabbi Yehuda ben Rabbi Loi, they were not Bali Chuvah. They were Chassidim from their birth. Can't be that they swore falsely. Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba and Rabbi Yehuda ben Rabbi Loi, Chassidim de Mekarohan. So clearly they argue not in the case of an oath. 
Hakert. So now we're going to say that our Mishnah goes according to Naftarfa, the opposite. El Oila, our Mishnah is Naftarfa. But why the Naftarfa? Naftarfa, who says, what was the Kasha? The Rabbi Kiva holds you always have to give it back to all five. Rabbi Kiva would hold in our Mishnah, even if you didn't swear, you got to go to Madai, you got to return what you stole. Naftarfa says you get away by only giving it in front of a basin. Hakert. Naftarfa was lenient only when there was no one. Good. Our Mishnah wasn't all. So there, Naftarfa was my Rabbi Kiva. There you have to give it back. My time again, because in the parsha of Nishba, the trader says, Rabbi Kiva holds that Akhil Gabdullah Mishtaba, Rabbi Kiva's Moida that Nidoi Raisa, the insistence of returning it to the victim is only in the parsha of Yikram Nasai of Nishba, in the parsha of the Heshemes Akzeila Asher Gazal. The Torah doesn't say the Asher Uloi. However, Midrabbanon comes. Now the Gemara is still on hand. In fact, the Gemara, let's try to finish this. That the Rabtarve Michdi Hechem the Meshtabel Lisayin the Loyoidem. You're telling me that where there is an oath, right? If he would not admit, don't forget, if he would not admit, that there would not be a Karen on the Chaim Yisharakarv. So it must be that he swore and he was lying. My Yenishwa, it's not true. It's not only if he swore that I'm going to prove to you that Raptarfan holds, even if he did not swear, even if he did not swear, he has to give it back to the victim. The person tells to two potential victims. Right? That one. I stole from one of your mana, and I don't know from whom I stole it. Says the Braison, Gotta give one to each one. Now, how do we reconcile this Raptarfa with that Raptarfa? Hold on a second. Turn it off, go down. Because Raptarfa holds that when a person stole and he was not Moida, and now we hopped him, that is where he's lenient. But the moment the person is on his own trying to make it good, trying to do tshuva, even if he did not swear, he has to return it to the victim. So that's the case, just like he's gonna lose two one. Same thing if the victim is in Madai, he has to go to Madai. Why, why does the Mishnah insist that only by Nishba you have to go to Madai? So it answers Rabbi, and this is going to be the final answer, that our Mishnah goes both according to Rabbi And let me say this by heart, this is Gabal. When a person steals, there are two separate issues that need to be resolved. Issue number one is that God forbid I steal from you, I got to give back to you what I stole. Right? Or by Geneva, Kefo. But there's a Ben Adam Lechaveira issue. I have to return it to you. And there's another issue. I need to get atonement, mirashamayim. And don't confuse one with the other. And just pick it up by heart. For me, returning it to you, as long as I know who the victim is, the Kula Alma, even though I didn't give it back to you, the moment I admitted that I stole it, and I'm telling you, pick it up whenever you want, it's considered returned. Now, if I stole it from five people, I don't know from whom, and me declaring that I'm, it's in my house, or it's in Basin, that's a machlekes, whether it's considered returned or not. But there's another whole parasha. If I want to get atonement, minashamayim, in the hard times, Basin cannot force me to give it back to all five. But if I want to get good, minashamayim, sometimes if my sin was very serious, then I have to give it back. Like Rav will hold, if I didn't take an oath, so my sin wasn't as bad as, not only am I yoytzer, minayodam, by leaving it in Basin, I can be yoytzer, minayodam, as long as you know who the victim is. 
Come on, no, the bigger the sin, the more kapara I need. No, and he gave back, so I, in order, if I have to give a month to this person, a month to that person, but that's the man of Meaning, one of them is going to be upset. Let's read it inside. Okay, Omar Abu says, Rabbi this, that Shani must listen. In our Mishnah, that's the key. The difference between our Mishnah and both the price that we had on top of, of the Amr. And the bottom of the Amr, our Mishnah speaks about in all the victims. Even the price in the bottom of the Amr, where apart from his machna, a guy stole without a sure, but he doesn't know from whom. That's worse. You don't know who you're giving it back to. In our Mishnah, since the Yadalaman Gosla, you know who the victim is, and he admitted, that resolves the Ben Adam Okay, it works. The, the whole, you have to go to mother, it has, has nothing to do with returning, it has to do with the Kapata. Let's read it inside. Since you know who the victim is, you can give it back to the owner. As if the victim tells the robber, it's as if the victim tells the robber, you can keep it until I get it. Let it be in your hands as a pikadan, it's considered returned. So as far as the returning it is concerned, when you know who the victim is, that's called returned. Why does the Mishnah say that if he takes an oath, he has to go to Mother? He'll come by Nishba, even though the, admitting that I stole it and declaring it's in my house for you to pick up, it's considered returned in Adam Lachaveray when my Degan of sin is worse because I took an oath. Even if the victim explicitly says, it's fine, I don't need to get it back. I'm happy that you admit it, I'll pick it up when I want. Even the boy kapara for the benadam lamakayim leisagel edam atuliyade. For that, you don't get kapara until you return it. But haloi ishtaba. But if he would not swear and he knows who the owner is, the sin was not as serious. He doesn't need a kapara. He has to return it. Returning it is considered having a baby kaden adushakulei gevaldik. And again, what's the machlokes I'm keeping up tarfin? Even by if I don't know who the victim is, is it considered returned or not? So there, the Tarkin is lenient and he says, not for for returning it. That's the price of Kapara Amr. If I stole something from five people, I'm not looking for Kapara. I didn't do Kapara, I was caught. I'm being forced to return it. If I put it in front of Basin and I say, whoever it belongs to take it, it's called returned. Here's where Ramakiva says, it's not even considered returned. Rabbi Kiva's mother, that if you know who the victim is, and the victim says you can hold on to it, that's fine. And, and we say, have a but if you don't know, that's the that's the of Rabbi Kiva. Now, the Bryson on McBain's was speaking about a person who wants to do tshuva. He stole, he didn't swear, he wants to do tshuva. So here's what Abtarfan says, you want to get Kapala, give it back to Moses. Giving it in front of Basin resolves the returning the Xayla. Kapala, give it back to Moses. In our mission, likewise, in our mission, you know who the victim is. But here you did another sin. You swore. So to get atonement for the swore, you might need a higher level of kapara. To get that level of kapara, you have to go to Madai, Gevaldic to be consumed to Madai.